Here's a message from Ken Lavica. It is college football season. We're in it, and we're talking college football. There's already been some games. Scott Frost, oh boy, not good. He's a coaching flop. Got me thinking, is he the biggest coaching flop of all time? Let's discuss, shall we? Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Scott Frost is not the guy that we knew from UCF. Scott Frost is entering biggest coaching flop ever territory. It's college football season, so it's time to determine who's on the hot seat. P.S. He's one of them. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. It is a Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday edition here on ESPN 106.3. We're in the Anna John Levine Action and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the steamy and wildly uncomfortable intracoastal. Coquel is here. I am here. Captain Competent Joe Rigotti hanging out until 1 o'clock. So week zero of the college football season was last weekend, and me with the team that I was raised on, the college football team that I unfortunately was raised on, Thanks, Mom and Dad, for attending the University of Illinois. But Illinois, under my guy, Brett Bielema, they beat Scott Frost in Nebraska. Mighty Nebraska goes down at the hands of not-so-mighty Illinois. So me, I'm thrilled, Coquel. Uh, Illinois just did what Brett Bielema teams do when they ran and ran and ran and ran, and they have these big hosses on the offensive line, and they punish, and they bruise, and they bulldoze, and Nebraska did not look prepared at all, which has sort of been the hallmark, the trademark of Scott Frost since he got to Nebraska, especially when you hear after the game, when Scott Frost is asked about the Illinois game plan, and this was his response to once they saw what Illinois was doing, what ended up happening to Nebraska. It was just an interesting game because about half of our game plan was kind of out the window uh, when they came up and lined up the way they did. So uh, we really had to, to scramble and uh, go to alternative plan and uh, try to adjust and did some good things, but not enough of them. The entire game plan, or half the game plan, was out the window when they saw how Illinois lined up. One that's never been said about a Brett Bielema coach team. And Scott, you're not playing Oklahoma. You're not playing Oregon. Nothing Illinois does is exotic. You're talking about Illinois. Don't admit those things, Scott. You're trying to keep your job, I think. I, I, Have you ever I, heard a coach say that? Well, half our game plan was out the window when we saw what they were lining up in. We were, we were screwed. You've known me a long time, right? Uh-huh. A long time. Too am I, long. Am I ever speechless? No, no, about nothing. I heard that. Yeah, even if I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're talking like, about something. I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Like, as someone who's coached a very much lower level of football, <laughs> I would never be like, oh, we weren't prepared. Like, I had no. I was watching film on their former coach. I had no idea what was coming at, what he was going to do. Why aren't they running last year's offense? <laughs> Although I did work for a coach once. He was telling me that the kids to watch film about a guy whose ankle was hurt. He's mm-hmm. like, see, he's limping. We can take advantage of it. 
it was a film from the prior year, and I just sat there and I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. Oh my this god, this is what we're doing in the film room. That's what this felt like. But that was that was high school football. This is Power Five football. This is Scott Frost at Nebraska, one of the most prideful college football programs in the history of the sport. Scott Frost is now twelve and twenty-one. Twelve and twenty-one at Nebraska. Nine and eight. He left UCF after that thirteen and zero. After he left UCF after that that thirteen and zero season and beating Auburn in the Peach Bowl, where they claimed that they were national champions. Do you think Scott Frost got there and was like, "Man, did Lovey Smith get a haircut? <laughs> he looks different." <laughs> Because that's what it feels like. Did he shave that beard? There's something different about Lovey across that <laughs> sideline. Until someone told him, like, no, that's Brett Bielema. And he's like, oh! That would explain the whole thing. <laughs> Come on, Scott. Scott Frost is entering the territory where we can consider him one of the most shocking coaching flops in the history of sports. Not just college football, but in sports. Scott Frost was a sure thing. You remember, Coquel? He had any pick of coaching offers after that UCF season. He could have gone to Florida and taken over that Gators program, but instead he chose Nebraska because he had history there. And it has been an abject disaster, really from second one, including this offseason where he's calling out transfers and then uh, he's getting called out by the brothers of transfers and it's just a really messy situation. And, oh yeah, he's not winning. And, oh yeah, he's admitting that exotic Illinois is lining up and he's throwing out half his game plan once he sees what they're lining up in. That's bad. I mean, Big Ten football. When I think Big Ten football, I think exotic offense. I think adjustments, and I think exotic. Exactly. What? They're in a power formation? No. They're running the ball? I mean, come on. The I formation? What do we do? Wait a minute. The tailback (laughs) is behind the fullback. (laughs) Oh, man. How do we get to him? He's got (laughs) someone in the way. Scott Frost, I mean, it's almost like he wants to get fired at this point. But he is entering gigantic, most shocking coaching flop ever. I think he might be there. But I know a lot of you have different opinions about coaching flops. I know UCF fans, you still love Scott Frost, but you at least have to start admitting that this is bad. He's your guy. This is bad. But I want to start today by asking, who are the biggest shocking coaching flops that we've ever seen? Who are the biggest shocking coaching flops that we've ever seen? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. I think for my money right now, Scott Frost is there. Again, 12-21 and 21 at Nebraska. 12-21. and 21. His best season was 5-7 and seven in 2019. He's been beaten in back-to-back years by Illinois. Illinois. Illinois, who hasn't been anything consistently good since Red Grange. Illinois went to Lincoln last year, not only pummeled Scott Frost in Nebraska, but then mocked Nebraska on social media saying, hey, thanks for bringing the Big Ten back after Nebraska bragged that it was their influence that allowed the Big Ten to actually play football last year. When you're getting crapped on in a multitude of ways by the University of Illinois in football, you have 
problems. You have mega problems. And Scott Frost is a monumental flop. And let me tell you, Coquel, at Big Ten Media Days when I was in Indianapolis. You fell asleep like I did watching the games? Every <laughs> Big Ten game, I take a nap. When I saw Scott Frost in person, and I, I, I hate, this is probably going to come off a bit reckless, but these are just my observations, uh-huh. okay? Looking at him, he did not look anything like the youthful, the fun, the energetic head coach that you saw at UCF, the guy who was skipping off the field after they beat USF uh, and and earned their way into the AAC title game, and, and the guy who was skipping off in tears the, the Georgia Dome field uh, after winning the Peach Bowl didn't look like that guy. He looked beaten down. He looked battered. He looked like something was wrong with him. Like that job has aged him like the presidency of the United States ages those who sit in the Oval Office. Well, do you remember how I looked when I first came back here? (laughs) Well, take a look at me now. (laughs) It just happens to people. (laughs) Oh, man. Who are the biggest shocking coaching flops? It doesn't have to just be college football, but Coquel, I think you would admit that a lot of these names that we're going to hear probably come in college football, right? Because college football hypes up their new guy more than any other sport. As a Catholic boy growing up, I have a feeling one of our coaches will be the first one for the Fighting Irish that'll get named. Ah, yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. Jerry is in West Palm to get us going. Jerry, you're on Ken LeVick Alive. Who do you got, Jerry? Uh, hey guys, um, so I have I have an honorable mention, and then I have my number one. <laughs> okay, okay. all right. <laughs> so the honorable, and they're both NFL coaches, okay. or were. Um, the honorable mention is uh, Nick Saban when he got to the Dolphins. Good one, very good um, one. That I'm surprised that's not your number one. I know, right? And then uh, number one, it's way more recent. Adam Gaze in New York um, with the Jets. Okay, yep, that's uh, perfect. Never mind. I, I take um, back my Nick Saban point. You're right. Adam Gase is absolutely the uh, the number one in that spot. I just got over that. Why are we bringing this up? <laughs> <laughs> that's a very, very good one. Appreciate the call, Jerry. So Nick Saban, absolutely. Especially, we were talking about Saban, like, what, three days ago? Yeah. Today's Wednesday? Well, that would have been Sunday. I don't know, well, sometime. I, I don't no, remember. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. but, but Nick Saban, you remember... He ends up being he ends up being such a a shocking uh, oh oh it's when we were talking about the most disappointing seasons as a fan when I was down at Dolphins camp because Nick Saban you remember his final year with the Dolphins leading in Sports Illustrated said this is why the Dolphins will win the Super Bowl and then the final month of that season it was Nick Saban dodging questions and lying about his interest in the Alabama job the entire time as the Dolphins flamed out of playoff contention yeah Nick Saban's a good one Adam Gase that's top notch but Adam Gase. It goes back to how did Adam Gase get offered the Jets job after what happened with the Dolphins? Because he's the quarterback whisperer. Apparently not. No. Uh, at, at, at all. I mean, Tannehill got it better because of him. Other him, than him leaving. Other than maybe literally whispering to quarterbacks, there's nothing quarterback whisperer <laughs> about Adam Gase. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Joe in Palm Beach Gardens. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Good. So, one guy who was a complete failure from minute one was Jim McElwain with the Gators. Ah, yes. Mr. Shark himself. Yeah. yeah. He He looked out of place from the second he got there. Remember the end of the Jim McElwain era when he made up death threats? 
that were coming from Gator fans. Yeah. That, to me, like everybody wants to focus on the shark. My greatest Jim McElwain moment is when he was making up death threats for sympathy. Uh, and uh, then that completely alienated himself from uh, from Gator fans. That is a very good one, Jim McElwain. So, so are you a Gators fan? Yes. Okay, so Jim McElwain or Will Muschamp? Who who did not meet expectations uh, <laughs> more? Coach Boom! <laughs> uh, well, Muschamp was an offense. I, I would say it would be McElwain because he came from, what, Colorado State and his offense was high-flying and they couldn't get a first down when he got there. <laughs> yeah, yes, and I, I did see that firsthand in 2015 when FAU absolutely wrecked Trayon Harris's life and brought the Gators into overtime. Uh, let's go to Kelly. In Palm Beach Gardens. Kelly, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Kelly? Hey, fellas. How y'all doing today? Good, man. Good. Who you got, brother? So I just have a couple quick points because we're talking about flops. So I think McElwain and Muschamp both made it to an SEC championship game. This is true. So I can't say that that would be a flop. Maybe weird and crazy people, but not a flop. <laughs> and then, you know, in addition, Nick Saban made the playoffs, too, with the Dolphins, but he just lied about leaving. So... As a Gator fan, I would have to say, unfortunately, you'd be like Steve Spurrier with the Redskins, signing all his own players yeah. and not doing much of anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Steve Spurrier, who ball coach. in a Sports Illustrated expose, basically came off as a guy who wanted to spend more time at the golf course than he did in the actual football office. Uh, and so... I just, yeah, that's, Spurrier's a great one. Spurrier's an absolute great one, and Gators fans still worship him as they should, and he's still the greatest college football troll on social media, and thank you, Kelly. Uh, he's but, why I wore visors as a coach, and still do. Well, you know, that's Lane's thing. Lane wears visors because of Spurrier, yeah. too. Lane Kiffin. All his great minds do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't yeah. even get it out. Yeah, <laughs> Coquel tried to put himself in the same breath as Lane Kiffin and literally made himself laugh. I've never seen anything like that uh, before. Click clack. Oh, that is really, really funny. Um, yeah, so Jim McElwain did go to Atlanta. He did go to an SEC championship game. Will Muschamp did go to an SEC championship game. But can't you still consider that? Isn't Expe- Florida, ex- doesn't Florida's expectation exceed just Winning that, that's the, East. the thing. Expectations also come with whether you're a flop or not. Because if you're a guy, we've never like we're never like Steve Clifford flop for the Hornets. Like no one cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to have the expectation uh-huh. to be a flop. Yeah. Uh, who are the biggest shock coaching flops that we've seen? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Nick Saban with the Dolphins. Adam Gase with the Jets, Jim McElwain with Florida, Steve Spurrier with Washington in the NFL. These are all good ones. Uh, let's go back out to West Palm, and we bring in Greg. Greg, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Greg? How you guys doing? Um, I'm really not sure how he continues to get a job, but Lane Kiffin, Whoa. he always comes in every year, supposed to take over the world, championships, and nothing happens. Wait, he, he, he came to oh. FAU to resuscitate his career and won two Conference USA championships and two bowl games two. and then uh, took Ole Miss last year with really no offseason and nearly upset Alabama, then won a bowl game, and uh, he has completely turned the fortunes of Ole Miss. But previous lane, in a previous life, prior to uh, flame out at Tennessee and then USC, yeah, okay. But I think the renewed Lane Kiffin is a completely different guy. I'll accept that. I'll accept that, you know, he has changed. But, 
you know, uh, just like Nick Saban, Alabama, completely different guy. Yeah, yeah, but I and I will say this. Speaking of Alabama, I think Nick Saban changed Lane Kiffin. That that time that Lane spent as the offensive coordinator under Saban was invaluable, which is why I think Lane has finally and appreciate the call. Lane has finally been able to find his true heights as a coach, his true capabilities as a confident play caller, and as someone who can manage a program. I will forever have lanes back. I, I just will. I'm the play-by-play voice of FAU. I spent a long time a, 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 alongside him, but... He announced this show that was coming out. Yeah, he actually, yeah. He is the one who broke on social media that I was getting my own show. Thanks, Lane. Appreciate it. He was the first guest on this show. I don't have any bad words to say about Lane. I think Lane would admit that previous iteration Lane was one of the biggest coaching flops of all time. He also got a raw deal at USC with all of the scholarship reductions, and they're probably, because of Lane's presence, there was a little bit of inflation in what the expectations were in terms of rankings, and they they actually played to what they were, and no one wanted to fully realize that because it was Lane and it was USC, so it was easy to say, oh, preseason number one. Oh, wait, but you're missing 15 scholarships. That's a big deal. That's significant. Big deal. And he was he was full of himself. I mean, Lane was absolutely full of himself. But you were around it. You saw it. FAU was a juggernaut in the three seasons that Lane was there. I mean, he did things. I've never seen someone watch film like Lane. It's like Rain Man stuff where he'll just kind of have a, a, a conversation with you. And, yeah, things are good. Okay, yeah. And then he turns on film and he's seen things that – there's no way an actual real human being is seeing this on the first shot. It's incredible. I mean, he truly is incredible. Uh, Scott Frost, not that. He is one of the biggest shocking coaching flops that I can remember because, again, he was at the height, the apex of any coaching career. UCF was the darling of college football. He was the talk of college football for a month. You remember the entire final month of that season, uh, all anybody wanted to talk about was hypothesizing where Scott Frost was going to go. What program was he going to take over? Was it going to be Florida? Was it going to be Auburn? Was it going to be Nebraska? And it ended up being Nebraska, and yeah. it has been... I mean, he doesn't even seem like he knows what he's doing anymore. And that offense that was so fun and fast at UCF, I don't even recognize any semblance of that in Lincoln. When you have an offense like he ran at UCF, where you can get the fastest kids in the world that are out of South Florida, that's your recruiting base, and you have a choice to place to go, you don't go to Nebraska and their historical roots of recruiting places. <laughs> yeah. Because that matters. Where you where schools have recruited in the past matters because those high school coaches have the relationships, those parents have the relationships, the kids have looked up to those schools. You're not going to get the same type of kid. You have to adjust to your environment. That is not going to happen at Nebraska. It's easy to go into a place like Nebraska and say, oh, I can still get the South Florida kid. But the South Florida kid doesn't want to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. You'll get one or two of them. Yeah. The, the, what made UCF so good is all of the roster were those right. kids. Exactly. And it was made up of a lot of kids that didn't necessarily fit into the Power Five they were at. And Scott Frost did a great job of saying, hey, Come on in. That's what Willie's doing at, at FAU right now. Didn't work out at your Power Five? Hey, South Florida kid, stay home and come to Florida Atlantic. That's how Nikosi Perry ends up at FAU and is the starter yeah. Saturday against Florida. Absolutely. But a couple of other names I was thinking about. What about, can we consider Jim Harbaugh a flop at Michigan? 
Yeah. He, I mean, he, he hasn't even come close to beating Ohio State. He makes a big deal about his pants and wants to be cool. Like, he can wear all the pants. He's like Belichick yeah. with the sweatshirt. you got to live up to it. Jim Harbaugh it has has at least a more acceptable amount of wins than, than Scott Frost does. But, I mean, getting your brains beaten in by your bitter rival every single year, including the one season you went into that game undefeated and still got your brains beaten in, that's a problem. I think that's all that Michigan fans care about, and he's come up woefully, dreadfully, nightmarily short in that. You don't look at them and say before the year, with him there, it's supposed to be Michigan should be someone we're thinking about creeping into that playoff spot. I don't mm-hmm. look at them at all. No, they're there. not even in the discussion. Not even, not even in the conversation. Even if they expanded the playoffs, I still wouldn't be like, oh, good, we got a Michigan back in. Yeah. That, they're just not a thought. They're no. an afterthought at this point. So we all agree that Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, has been a flop. I mean, I suppose because he's still employed there, he has an opportunity to turn it around, like I suppose Scott Frost is. But Scott Frost is far and away the first P5 coach going. Right? There's no way that he lasts the season. He's got a new AD. Uh, he's they a already leg- lost it in Illinois. He's a legend at that school, so they may let him finish out the year and then move on. Which I would wonder, be bad for recruiting. It would be bad move. Sometimes you got to rip the Band-Aid off. But I think they may let him finish out the year. Rigotti, could you check real quick what Scott Frost's buyout is at Nebraska? Because I have to imagine that that matters. But he's already in year four of what I imagine was a five-year deal. So I wonder if the buyout has reduced to a point where they would at least uh, consider it. What about Charlie Strong? Going from Louisville to Texas. I thought that he was going to own that. And then they end up beating Notre Dame in the opener. Uh, and there's the declaration. Texas is back. And God, how many. T- Here's another question. Who have we heard that more about? Texas or Miami? Who's back more often? <laughs> Texas or Miami? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Charlie Strong, I thought, was going to kill it at Texas. Then things didn't work out at Texas. And I think there were probably some racial elements involved. Yes. Uh, very, very short leash there. So he goes to USF, and I thought he was going to dominate at USF. Yes. And then he inherited all of Willie's guys, and then the whole thing fell apart. Uh, that was maybe more shocking than Texas for me, what happened to Charlie Strong, who's now in Jacksonville with Urban. Coach Strong was one of the most impressive people I've ever had come into my classroom to recruit kids. Oh, I'm like, sure. He just had, a, And he was an assistant coach at the time of Florida. He just had an aura about him and the way he carried himself. I was like, what do you want me to do? Sure, you can have all. You want that other kid that doesn't even play football? Take them all with you right now. You can have whoever you want. He was just such an impressive force. I can't believe it didn't work out at U- at USF. Scott Frost's contract runs through 2026. Oh, boy. And it's a $20 million buyout still. <laughs> so maybe Scott Frost isn't going to be fired after all. Just play highlights of him playing football. <laughs> like, I mean, $20 million buyout? And you said through 2026? Yeah. We're in 2021 right now, right? Oh, yes. All right, yes. just make sure. Holy hell. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. A lot of GoFundMes. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of, of OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the boosters really got to work the network. Yeah, yeah. Nebraska's going to have to start an OnlyFans and just, just see, ooh, Haystack. It may help recruiting. Mm, corn. Yeah, it could, it could help recruiting. Uh, also, one more of these that I was thinking, just baseball-wise. What about Charlie Weiss? And I just cut you off completely. No, it's Sorry. fine. Don't worry Charlie about Weiss. At Notre Dame? Yeah, anywhere. <laughs> like, he's not a good head coach. But he, he did have a number one team in the nation at Notre Dame that came one Matt Leinart quarterback sneak away from probably playing for a BCS national championship. 
I don't know if he was necessarily a flop. He recruited Brady Quinn. They had some good teams. He won a lot of games. Did they win a championship? No. And then where did they go next? Uh, Kansas. Kansas, which was terrible. That was a flop. Yeah. That was not good. At I, all. I just feel like Weiss struggles. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, again, he, he built his reputation on what he did with Brady initially with the Patriots. I thought he was a good hire by Notre Dame, and he certainly had that going for a while. They won a lot of games. He really brought them back to prominence. But then that bottom fell out, too. And then Kansas. Nobody has a chance at Kansas, though. No one. Absolutely no. not. I, I, I just I don't think that. Yeah. What's a, what's a Kansas football success story? Like, we liked Les Miles in his first year, and it turns out Les Miles was making out with sorority girls and, at LSU. And, and what, then what's the what? Oh, that's bad? Yeah, oh, that's, that's bad. bad. Okay, when sorry. he's not a college student, that's oh, bad. Sorry, when he's head coach of the football team, that's bad. You confused me. I thought we were talking more accomplishments. I was waiting for the other shooter. No, that is, that, is, that is a no-no, a massive no-no. There is no such thing as anything good coming out of Kansas football. From a baseball standpoint, I thought Ozzie Guillen was going to dominate with the Marlins. And that got off to a good start, too. What I could not take into account was his... Complimentary words for Fidel Castro. Mm. That I didn't see coming, and that really torpedoed the whole thing. Um, but I, I guess I should have seen his personality with David Sampson, who absolutely sucks. That was not going to end well ever. Even if they won a championship, it wasn't going to end well. It was going to end the same way that Joe Girardi ended with the Marlins, who was very good. Same way that Freddie Gonzalez ended with the Marlins, who was at least adequate. Should have seen the whole thing coming. Two combustible people. One in Ozzy that I like, one in David Sampson who sucks hard, and that was going to just self-destruct. What about Buck Showalter with the Orioles? Now we're getting too into the weeds here. <laughs> Didn't he go to the playoffs with the Orioles? I don't know, Ken. I was just trying to throw a name. Why are you going to slow it down when I throw a name? Just keep it moving. You throw a name. I throw a name. That's how we do <laughs> That's things That's how we're doing here. this. Ken yeah. LaVega Live featuring oh, Coquel. Calling me out. The biggest shocking what about coach. Joe Torrey, that flop? <laughs> the biggest shocking coaching flops we've seen. This based off Scott Frost, who maybe isn't going to be fired by Nebraska because they are going to have to pay the price of a small nation in order to buy him out. But who are the biggest shocking coaching flops? You remember, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. But I want to make sure that I talk to you about EDS air conditioning. You know what does suck like David Sampson? Not having your AC working. Mm. That really sucks. And it's hot and it's disgusting and it's dangerous. It's flat out dangerous. Today is going to be in the mid-90s with 1 million percent humidity. Imagine sitting in your place, not one, not two, not three, but four days without your AC. And not even just you, your pets when you're not uh-huh. home. That's the one you really right. got to wear. You can cool yourself off. Your pets are stuck there. Exactly. That's a great point, actually. And so that's where you need a solution for your air conditioning. EDS is yes. EDS air conditioning. They've been at it since 2006. They're family owned and operated, and they just get it because they know you don't want to be held hostage in your hot home with your pets. It's a danger to everybody involved. They're going to try and work their appointment windows to revolve around you because they understand time is of the essence here in a multitude of ways. EDS Air Conditioning is a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. That means they're using the best equipment to get the job done right. No follow-up phone calls from you. You're not going to have to a year after say, hey, this shut down. This is a problem. No, 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 no. Train comfort specialist 
They get the job done. EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. Log on, edsairconditioning.com. And by the way, they take care of your plumbing needs as well. edsairconditioning.com or call EDS at 561-316-8799. That's 561-316-8799. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. Go to edsairconditioning.com. When we return, we're continuing on talking college football. Canes fans, I need your complete honesty when we come back. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Lavica, and we're live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica live. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Here's Ken and Coquel. Canes fans, I want to hear from you. Those who are definitely watching Miami, Alabama Saturday, I want to hear from you because I need to get a realistic sense of uh, what the Canes are walking into and what your rational brain tells you is going to happen. This is really, uh, I like this. This is a, a college football-focused Wednesday here on Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Uh, we're about to hit the uh, social medias at ESPN West Palm, but I want to tell you about the podcast. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Surprise! We do have a podcast, and it goes up every day after this show concludes, and what happens is you put it on the internet, okay? And then... Oh, Ken, they have the internet on computers now. Uh Uh-huh, they do, they do. And they found a way to put it on your phone as well. I know. And then there's a lot of these different websites and servers. Uh, they, They house these podcasts, and you can get our podcast. It pops up magically, and it's free we don't even charge money for it we don't make a damn cent off of it and we promise there's no science in it so you're safe yeah yeah no science I, I, exactly <laughs> don't worry We're there, not is, to, there is there is some horse paste yes there is horse paste yeah, we'll get rid but of any not parasites science. that a wolf right, has right this exactly podcast, we'll yeah. just it. lather yourself in horse paste uh and then press subscribe and uh, it's going to come right to that that magical phone or computer of yours uh that's the ken levick alive featuring coquel podcast wherever you get your podcast and it is free before we get into uh canes and alabama i want to real quick go through social media we've been talking about the biggest shocking coaching flops with scott Frost in major trouble at Nebraska, even though we just found out his buyout's $20 million and he's under contract through 2026. So good luck, Nebraska. That's going to take a lot of GoFundMes. Uh, But uh, Ian Hest says that uh, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee and Charlie Strong at Texas were big, shocking coaching flops. Yeah, and Pruitt was just a, I mean, he's just a maniac. He's an absolute maniac. Why are we more learning more and more about as we get to know these coaches that most of them are? Yeah. Uh, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, uh, Confidence 1000 with a confident tweet, and I agree with him. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, we discussed that. He tweeted that? That's good. Yeah. Noah Brown says Butch Davis at FIU is a flop. I honestly don't know either way. Yeah, I think he is. Which I guess would be a flop that I really, they haven't. Yeah, he's a flop. radar, and there's local kids that play for him. I mean, FAU just hands Butch Davis his lunch every single year, and it's glorious. Uh, Paxton Boyd, he says, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, our former teammate here at ESPN 106.3. Uh, Jay Hink on Twitter says, uh, Mike Norvell is a flop. I'm not sure how since he hasn't uh, really... Let's give him a shot. <laughs> yeah, let's let's give him a, you know, a real full season before we make that judgment. Jimbo Fisher a flop. And won a national championship. 
Jim Harbaugh. Okay, good. We got one of three. One of three in that tweet. Uh, Finhead says Willie Taggart at Florida State, and I knew this was going to come when we talked about this. Willie Taggart inherited a steaming, piling college football diarrhea at Florida wow, State. Wow, diarrhea, okay. and it piled? Mm-hmm. That's that's like the creamy kind. That's uh, not good. It's not good. Uh, so, uh, Willie, they, they're really, he was put in a position to fail. And, and he had no... no room to to get better either you have no. to give people a chance to improve the things that aren't going right everything was so toxic there when he took over and it, it definitely appears as if he was not uh properly informed about what the actual football program situation was i just think that he is going to show that he is a very capable college football coach at florida atlantic oh do you That's like florida me. atlantic i can't tell I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, Crash Taylor says uh, the Pelini brothers, Bo and Carl, were flops. Bo was not a flop at Nebraska, and Nebraska probably wishes Bo was still there. Carl? That's a different story. I don't know. He seemed like a decent coach. He seemed to line things up right. (laughs) Oh, man. Well done. Very (laughs) well done. I almost snorted. That was so funny. Uh, Carl Pellini, by the way, back in the news, former FAU coach, uh, he uh, has been arrested on uh, domestic violence charges in Youngstown, Ohio, where he's a high school football coach uh, because he allegedly uh, struck his wife uh, while his daughter and son were home in Ohio. So Carl just killing it. Just, just. I'll just continuing stick to the jokes. I'm not going to touch that one. Yeah, and then uh, Rudy Nation on Twitter says Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame and Kansas. I cannot give you the Notre Dame one. Yes, you can. It ended poorly. Do it. I'll give you the Kansas one. Do but it. everybody flops at Kansas. Notre no, I'm Dame. not doing it. Yes, every coach at Notre Dame's a flop because Notre Dame fans think they should win the national championship every year. Well, yeah, but that's unrealistic on their part. They live in delusions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're proud of it. Yeah. Win. Nick's back. <laughs> there are there are are Notre Dame coaches before um, Charlie Weiss that you could consider flops like Tyrone Willingham. Lou Holtz is overrated too. You're just saying things now. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the Canes. <laughs> you are just. I was right, trying fine, to tee you up with fan bases right. that overhype their teams. Okay, and you didn't go with it. You started talking about Tyrone well, Willingham. I don't want to go in on on Canes fans. I want truth from Canes fans oh. here. I want to ask today because we are. The, the reason I bring this up is we are four days out from uh, Miami at Alabama, or not at Alabama, but in Atlanta taking on Alabama, the defending national champions, and Alabama enters today as a 19.5-point favorite. It's been as high as 23.5. The line is now 19.5, but my wife is going up there with her friend uh, because she is a Cane season ticket holder. She is very passionate about the Canes, doesn't miss a game, and so she is making the trek to what could be an absolute thrash job there in Atlanta. So hold on, so you're broadcasting at an SEC game, Mm -hmm. and she's going to the Canes, Alabama. Yeah. With a friend. Her friend D. Mm. I'm sure it is her friend D. Oh, Yes. She her 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 friend who was a woman. Should, she, shouldn't she be at your game supporting no. you? No, I don't need her Cheering to support me talking into a microphone. Saying great job, Kenny, you got this. No. My wife has never listened to this. If game. I if I ever needed my wife to cheer me on for a broadcast, I should just get out of the industry. Do you want me to go and cheer you no, on? No, absolutely your not. Your work That's wife? Actually a I can go there and cheer you on. No, I got you, Ken. I don't need that. Uh, but she's going up there, so she's making her final arrangements uh, to to get in the car and roll tomorrow after, after work is done. And... Uh, I was thinking, man, what is going through her head right now? You're going to go up there, and yeah, it'll be fun, but after kickoff, 
how fun is it actually going to be? And I asked her, what's your your realistic best case scenario for what happens Saturday? And she goes, that I leave there and want to still wear Kane's gear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, All right, but fair if you, enough. If you go into it with knowing what is probably going to happen, you should feel okay. Like, what's a win for the Canes? That's, and that's what I wanted. That's what I want to ask. Canes fans, or even non-Canes fans, just college football fans, realistically, what is a win for Miami against Alabama? What is a realistic best-case scenario for the Canes against Alabama? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. And uh, again, Keontra Smith... The sophomore linebacker handled it very well a couple of weeks ago, and he was being pressed by Susan Miller Degnan of the Miami Herald, trying to she was trying to generate some some locker room material, some bulletin board material, and Keontra Smith handled it extremely well. Starting with Alabama, mm-hmm. what's your thought about that? Is it is it a dream come true or a nightmare? Uh, <laughs> neither. I don't look into that. Like I said, I just come and I play football. This is what I do. But no, I play that- ball. I'm ready for the big games and all that, but it's no stress. Defending national champion, anything, you know, you've watched them on tape. What do you see? We're preparing for them, that's all. That's all I can say. You know, we're going hard every day, preparing just how they are. We're preparing too. Yeah, that's good. Miami's been very mature about this whole thing, but Kane's fans, whether you're watching at a bar down here or watching at home or going to Atlanta, I want to ask you, because I know that Canes fans can be confident and sometimes overconfident, but also I think there's a lot of you that have common sense. What is your realistic best-case scenario against Alabama? As we sit here Wednesday, what's your best-case realistic scenario against Bama? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On social media, at ESPN West Palm, uh, Chikorito says... 38-34 Miami. I don't think that that's being realistic. Optimistic, yes. Realistic, probably not. I don't see a scenario in which Miami's putting up 38 points on Alabama. Maybe, but doubt it. No, I don't see that happening at all. No. Uh, Jay Hink tweets, wouldn't it be great if Miami and FAU won this week? FAU at Florida, Miami at Alabama. I mean, if that happens... I feel like there's probably a better chance of me being hit by an asteroid. There's a better chance <laughs> of Nick Saban calling over to the Florida game and asking Ken to be his offensive coordinator <laughs> going forward. Yeah, there's a better chance of that happening. Uh, Mr. Bill says, Brett Lashley isn't an idiot. He's going to try to take the air out of the ball and limit Bama's total drives. If we're within 10-14 to 14 going into the fourth, that's a win. And if they end up losing by 24-28 or 28 because De'Eric King starts firing around in a desperate attempt to win, I'll deal with it. Yeah, that's pretty rational. I think that is extremely rational. I like that. Uh, Kardik Krishnayer, I'll take a 45-17 loss and move on. I'm terrified of 66-13 to because after I lived through that game, and a conference title was on the line that day for the Canes in the Carrier Dome. Yeah, let's not revisit that. That was absolutely hideous. Uh, Roger T. tweets, I think that with Bama's turnover and Miami's experience, the game stays close into the second half. Bama pulls away late. Alabama 28 Miami 17. If that ends up being the final score, if Miami can play within two scores of Alabama, Canes fans, I'll tell you this right now, you should have expectations through the roof in the ACC season because that means 
if you can hang with Bama like that, you have De'Eric King. You have the best quarterback in the ACC, in my mind. Forget what's happening at North Carolina. Forget what's there at Clemson. De'Eric King ends up being the best quarterback in the ACC. Or do you, you already have that. You know that. But if you can put together a complete team effort to where you're playing within two scores of Alabama, I wouldn't be shocked to see Miami in Charlotte in December. I would feel great about that if I was a Canes fan. Uh, Big Punisher 305 says just cover. Just cover. Cover the 19 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Just cover two. Forget the two scores. If you come in under the 19 and a half, I'd still feel good about that. Listen, I'm an FAU guy. When FAU goes to Alabama or FAU goes to Auburn or FAU goes to Georgia or FAU goes to Ohio State or FAU goes to Florida like they are Saturday, if they cover, hey, life is good. Well done, boys. Well done. Way to perform and get the job done. You just don't want like a 70 to 10 type of outcome. You've got to manage this with expectations. I know that it's the Canes and it's the national champions and it's the swagger and it's all these things, but don't get yourself to a point where if the Canes don't have a good Saturday against Bama, that it ruins your weekend and ruins your season for the Canes. You've got to be realistic about this. You've got to have common sense about this because the Canes won't be the only team that Alabama, the only established program that Alabama has embarrassed over the last decade, has embarrassed with Nick Saban at the helm. Okay, so go into this in the right frame of mind. Go into this with at least some competent thought. Miami's not going to win this game, but can Miami play within 19 and a half? Sure. Should you feel really good if they make some nice plays and at least show that, hey, we can hang a little bit? Maybe they're in it through halftime. Yeah, take that. But don't let it ruin your weekend and don't let it ruin your season because Alabama embarrasses a lot of teams. You just be one in many. It's not indicative of what the Canes will be able to do in ACC play. It's win. De'Ara King, five touchdowns, nothing else acceptable. Bam! <laughs> nothing Go else. Canes! Uh, what, uh, Canes fans, what are your personal best-case realistic outcomes against Bama? Luis Sabala tweets, the Bama bus breaks down on the way. That's good. I mean, it's a good. That shot. would be helpful. Yeah, that would help. That would be helpful. Uh, Wes tweets: Alabama wins thirty-eight to twenty. I would take that. I would take that for the Canes. Be in it through the first half. Yeah, that's it. That's that's really the expectation. So you got it. Really, after that, it doesn't matter. Let everybody get a little buzz about you because everyone will forget about what happened after that because we're dumb and we'll remember. Uh oh, upset yeah. alert. Our boy Alex Dono at Five Reason Sports. He tweets: They can cover the nineteen and a half. I'll be happy. Yeah, cover, cover. That's fine. So the 18 point, the 38-20, that previous score we got, that would cover. Cover the 19 and a half, sure. And again, as an FAU guy, I know the value of parlaying a cover against big-time teams into positives. But I, that's just is, me. But the problem is that's FAU. Canes fans don't want to be in that situation. That's the problem. The, the goal for Canes every year is the national championship. The goal for FAU isn't always the national championship. Is the goal for the Canes a national championship? Have though? you I would spoken probably to a Canes start- fan besides your wife? Or even your wife? I think there are rational ones, and I think the 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 good expectation, and I think the majority expectation is a coastal title, which I think is very much something they can do. They I have get, the best quarterback in the ACC. I guess the hard part is most of my interactions with human beings at this point is on Twitter. Is on social media. And, and that's where people are the worst. Yeah, it is very easy to just be boastful 
They're much different when you talk to them in person. Canes fans, college football fans, what is the best realistic expectation for Miami against Alabama? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Classes already underway in the fall. Spring classes, you can sign up for them now. Uh, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program is your path into sports. And uh, talking about expectations with the Canes in Alabama, when you you get an MBA in sport management at FAU, you're going to have high expectations because your future employers have high expectations of you because this is an elite program. This is not only nationally renowned at FAU, this MBA sport management program, but it's internationally renowned as well. The sports industry knows the FAU MBA sport management program and knows these are some of the most prepared students that are heading into the sports industry realm. Pros, college, local, you will find a job in the sports industry. This is your path. This is the way to do it. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Find out more. Easy to remember. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Spring semester classes. Sign up for them now. You can take them in person at the Boca Raton campus or remotely. But just do it. Just take advantage of it. Either way, it's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. When we return, it's Coquel's favorite segment of the week. It is Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Red light, green light. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levick Alive. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Levicka and Chris Coquel. We're moments away from Red Light, Green Light. Brought to you by Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Ken Levicka, he's Coquel, Joe Rigotti, Captain Competent here on a Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. We may have a surprise for you end of the week. Uh, don't forget where you're home for Kaiser University football here on ESPN 106.3. You're home for Miami Hurricanes football here on ESPN 106.3. Both those you can hear Saturday on ESPN West Palm. We also have a great new broadcast that we're doing. We are taking games with Kate Scott and Mike Golick Sr. Kate Scott is one of the top rising play-by-play people in the nation. Cool. Awesome. She's not That's Ken Levicka, but yeah, I mean, yeah. if we're not going to get Kenny, he's a little busy at the Gators, so uh-huh. we're going to get Kate Scott. Awesome. Great. Uh, they're also busy at Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach, a half mile south of PGA Boulevard on US 1 in the Crystal Cove Commons. Stormhouse Brewing has this ultimate game day experience. And by the way, Stormhouse Brewing, uh, it is the only craft brewery in the area with an actual food menu. It's awesome. It's delicious. And it's one of a kind. But the ultimate game day experience, check this out. So the Dolphins host the Colts on October 3rd at Hard Rock Stadium. This ultimate game day experience through Stormhouse Brewing includes a bus from Stormhouse in North Palm Beach to the game and back, a ticket to the game, breakfast and a drink before the bus leaves, lunch and a crowler at the stadium tailgate before the game, and then a drink and an appetizer coupon at Stormhouse Brewing after the game. All that for under $600, right? That's a deal. Lower. $400. Lower. All right. I mean, I love the guys at Stormhouse. We can't get any lower than that. So $250 is about right. You're getting a bus. You're getting drinks before and after. All of that is $125. Oh, but you buy your ticket at the game. Nope, nope, nope. You already have the ticket included. So, but like the ride, you pay the bus driver, like you pay per mile? Nope. You get the ride to and from. 
Chip in for gas. You get the breakfast and drink before the bus leaves, lunch and crawler at the stadium, drink and appetizer after the game, and the ticket to the game, and you don't have to chip in for gas, and you don't have to pay the bus driver $125. And you get back from the game and you're at Stormhouse? Mm-hmm. Like the best place to be yeah. for yeah. football? And don't forget, you have the appetizer coupon and a drink waiting for you when you get there. $125. Oh, I know where I'll be. <laughs> the ultimate game day experience is Stormhouse Brewing. Finns, Colts, October 3rd, $125. Get your ticket now. Reserve your ticket now. You'll want to remember this number, 561-323-4172. One more time, 561-323-4172. To reserve your ticket for the Stormhouse Brewing Ultimate Game Day Experience, if you have any questions about it, go ahead and just DM me. I'll get you that phone number for Stormhouse Brewing and that Ultimate Game Day Experience, and my Twitter handle is at KLV106. And they can DM me, too. I'm not going to answer, but follow me at Real Coach K. <laughs> you are so pitiful. I'm uh, like 30 followers away, Ken. <laughs> from 3,000. He's, he's looking to be Mr. 3,000. Uh, Joe Rigotti, let's hear a little bit of our fun little jingle for Red Light, Green Light. Time for Ken and Coquel to decide if they want to stop or go. Red light stop, green light go. Red light stop, green light go. Red stop, green go. Red light, green light, now you know. Red light, green light is driven by Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Okay, Coquel, please go through the rules per custom. Well, Ken, red light, green light is a very difficult game to understand. Red means you want to stop and you don't agree. Green means you want to go and you agree because they both start. No, agree doesn't start with a G, so I'll stop there. I was about to say because they both start with G. But there's an A in front of it. It's a silent A. It's not silent either. Luckily, right. luckily I took notes on how to play this game before you got to the part where you started talking it's, about G's that didn't buyers. exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buy or sell with the stops, stoplights. That's it. Yeah. All right, Coquel. Statement number one. Vaccine statuses were not a factor in the Jaguars roster cut decisions. Red light or green light? Red light. It but, was. But they said today it wasn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yesterday, Urban Meyer insinuated they were. And every single person who's connected to any NFL organization has said they were. Yeah. Uh, so there is not any head coach in the NFL except for, I guess, Urban, who is going to admit that vaccination status it led to any sort of roster change, release, cut, or uh, whether or not they brought in a player to go through a tryout because it's mandated by the NFL that you don't make roster decisions based on vaccine status because that was part of the agreement with the NFLPA. But if you don't think that coaches are making decisions based off of who they know is going to be available even if they get caught up in contact tracing or test positive. Who's going to be back quicker? Who's going to be more available to them? Just like anything else, you're wrong and you're dumb because vaccine status is absolutely going to be uh, a way to weed guys off of the roster. But no coach will admit to it at all, except again for Urban, who is so so terribly in over his head here. Urban, stop talking. I heard it a million times on the Patriot broadcast. Your best ability, Ken, is availability. Is that really? Was that Zolak? You can tell they fed that into the broadcast booth to just say they said at least 37. Coaches are going to say that it had nothing to do with anything. 
it definitely has something oh, to do with roster changes. Oh, Urban needs to know there's a players association in the pros. You're yeah. not in college anymore. Yeah, Urban, Urban, it is clear that he is so used to just being able to do whatever he wants at the college level. Now there's ramifications for things you say and do. you hire and when he yeah, hired exactly. Trainer. Like, he can't just do whatever he wants any longer. All right, number two. Red light or green light, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross does not get involved in football personnel decisions. Green light. You don't think he gets involved? No. It, and here's why. I sat there on that Tuesday afternoon at the Dolphins facility in Davie after it became public that Stephen Ross tried to hire Jim Harbaugh while he still had a head coach in Tony Sperano. And Stephen Ross was uncomfortable. Stephen Ross was extremely remorseful. And Stephen Ross explicitly said, I am no longer involving myself in decisions with football. That's why Mike Tannenbaum came about, because that relationship between Ireland and Ross deteriorated. It's why there is complete trust in Chris Creer. Stephen Ross is right. He does not make decisions about what happens on the football side. If, though, he was concerned about how his franchise would be perceived if they traded for Deshaun Watson, he could shut it down. But this is why I think he absolutely steps away from all of these decisions. Or, like reports are saying, he's the one who wants Watson, and that's why it's out there, and now he has to backtrack somehow. I would be stunned, because it hasn't been shut down yet, I would be stunned if Stephen Ross is the one who is making this decision, and I think it's Chris Greer who has a lot of interest in Deshaun Watson, and I honestly think Brian Flores has interest in Deshaun Watson as well. But Stephen Ross, there, I know people tend to maybe not love him because he started with the celebrity uh, adoration and got the minority owners involved and maybe he's made some missteps along the way but Stephen Ross does not unequivocally does not interfere with football decisions period next red light or green light Kenny after 24 hours to digest everything Cam Newton starts a game this year uh, red light, green light, green light, green light. He he'll he'll be picked up somewhere, maybe midseason. But he's already starter ready. That's the thing. He didn't he didn't miss any time other than those five days. He's gone through a full training camp. He's going to keep working out, and he's a good option for a quarterback hungry league. He will start a game this year. Yes, I firmly believe that. His old coach is starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know how that can go. Yeah, so. yeah. Ron, Just never know. I'm sure Ron will give him a call. Red light or green light, Florida Atlantic upsets the Florida Gators on Saturday. <laughs> so I'm calling this game, so I can't make a pick. Just like Kirk Herbstreet on college game day with their big pick, I can't do that. People listen to that. People don't listen here. What do you got? <laughs> Would you stop? Uh, I think that FAU can definitely hang around and make the swamp nervous. How about that? I can Levicka guarantee victory. It's on tape. Pull the clip. I Was just that heard your you impression that. of me? Yeah, I sound like this. I vociferously think this <laughs> and other things with big words. Uh, that was a terrible impression. That's my biggest takeaway from all of that. We I, got one more. We got one more. I do think yet. I do think FAU is going to compete. I think that they're going to play well, and I can't wait to see Nikosi Perry sling it in an FAU uniform. We got to go fast. We got one more red light, okay. green light, and then we got electrical standings. We are not oh, leaving God. until it's all, all right, done. Right, right, right. Barton, whoever. Okay. Red light, green light. Coach Dan Campbell hates kickers and won't carry any on his roster. Uh, that is a green light. 
Uh, but it's awesome because if Dan Campbell, who we make fun of, wants to go for it every fourth down, then I say, let's go. Let's usher in a new era of football, and I'll stand behind Dan Campbell for his thoughts on kickers, which is don't let them exist. If you eat everyone's knees, how are you going to kick the ball? Exactly. And that is Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Red light, green light, Greenway Kia West Palm Beach is where I got my Kia K5 GT. It's where you're going to enjoy shopping for an automobile and getting your safe and fuel efficient and fun Kia as well. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It is a half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport on military. Uh, Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Check them out online. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach.com. Do we have time to fit in electrical standings? <laughs> Man, Let's... Living on the edge All these right. days. Let's go. Let's do electrical stuff. Can and Coquel. Like putting things in number order. Order, order, order. Five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the electrical standings. All right, Coquel. Five through one. Snacks you can't keep eating. Five through one. Snacks you can't keep eating. Coquel, go. Salt and vinegar potato chips. Green apple slices. The red ones I'll eat all day. The green ones, no go for me. Beef jerky. Jelly Munchkins and Raisins. Oh, the Jelly Munchkins is a really good one. All right, five through one. Snacks you can't keep eating. Baby Carrots, number five. Number four, Kale Chips. Number three, Plain Sun Chips. Number two, Raisins. Mm. And number one in the snacks you can't keep eating, Pretzel Goldfish. Yeah, they're the worst. That is is your electrical standings. And that was one hell of an end to the show. What did we just do there? All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks to Captain Competent Joe Rigotti. For Coquel, I'm Ken Levick, and we've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.